0: You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.
1: Hello and welcome to the Grit and Barrett podcast, everyone. It's time! It is time! Playoff times are among us, baby! That's right, after everything we've been through the past something odd months, after two years of COVID wreaking havoc across this country, messing up sports schedules, altered playoffs, bloated playoff systems, point percentage, we are finally here. A mutated playoff setup, but hey, something is better than nothing. The Hershey Bears are back in the Calder Cup playoffs. 15 to 12 is how it's done. What? That's not how it's done? Oh, okay. It's somewhat different this time. Welcome to the Grits and Barrett podcast, everyone. Is My name is Richard Blosser, your excited host. You're ready to go. That's right, everyone. The playoff train is here, and we're on the Fast track to the Silver Chalice or we're going to run off the rails going and I'm your conductor. Choo choo. <laughs> all right. Now that we've gotten that that we've had the screaming up front. Let's all just have a cigarette and let's relax. The Hershey Bears will be taking on the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Baby Penguins in their playoff matchup. This is a series preview of podcast ladies and gentlemen I would have liked to have had a a co-host come on but I have a lot of things going on in my life so as Tyrion Lannister once said then make do then simply make do of course I am wearing a Hershey Bears jersey while I am recording but of course the jersey from my first year of watching the team it's designed from it and it is a Tomas Kondratik Burgundy road jersey with the giant swatting bear jersey. Chocolate body, white shoulder yoke, and the Hershey Bears logo and the Washington Capitals logo on the sweater. I love these designs. And for all of you who know, this was the design set that was used with the God Mode team. If you know, you know. But enough reminiscing about the past. We'll get to that in a little bit. So, So the playoffs this year. The Calder Cup playoffs this year is a very altered system than what it is in the past. Typically on the in the past it's been four divisions, top four teams get in and away you go. In year now in some years what they did was if the fifth placed team in one division has a better record than the fourth place team in another division, that fifth place team got in. Basically If you were in a really good competitive division and the other division sucked, then that division got rewarded with a fifth team. And that team most likely either ended up playing the division winner of their division, everything stayed in house, or they got, or typically, no, they got slotted over to the division winner of the other division. Does that make sense? No? (laughs) Good. An example of this was, I think it was during the God Mode year, um, that's 2009-2010, Wilkes-Barre was the 15 to come out of the Atlantic Division, I think, and they ended up having to go and play in the North Division, as it was called, or was not anyway, they'd end up playing the division winner from that division, and actually made it all the way to the semifinals of that division, but ended up losing to the Manchester Monarchs at the time. But again, enough about the past. Enough about that. So, what are we what are we in for this year? Well, six teams from the Atlantic got in. The top two teams have a first round bye. That is none other than Springfield and Charlotte. Charlotte is your Atlantic Division champions, and they are more than happy to tell you that. Please, dear God, don't let Charlotte win another. They will never shut up about it. The other four teams are as follows: Providence, Wilkes-Barre, Hershey, Bridgeport. This playing round is a best of three. Uno dos tres. No exceptions, substitutions, or refunds, as the genie from Aladdin once said. Three games, three wishes. Dang it, did it again. Anyway, three games. Now, I was originally under the impression that the top seeds in these play-in rounds got all home games. But, as 10 things tend to be, I was wrong. That that applies to the Pacific Division because uh there's a lot of traveling among them and we need to keep this proverbial train moving. Um with with our division, um it will be a 2-1, a 1-2 or 1-1-1, depending on how teams want to set this up. Like the other matchup in this round, Providence and Bridgeport, is a is a one-one-one. One in Providence, one in Bridgeport, one in Providence. With us, Wilkes-Barre is the higher seed. And thus, on Friday, May 9th, Game 1 in Wilkes-Barre at the arena in the shadow of a mountain. Game 2 will be in Hershey Sunday, May 9th, actually. Yeah, yeah, Sunday, May 9th. Friday, May 7th is Game 1. Sunday, May 9th will be Game 2. And if necessary, if needed, Monday, May 10th will be Game 3. And the winner will move on to play either Springfield or Charlotte. Now, Charlotte has already announced when their next games are going to be. Like, they've already announced games 3, and f- three, 4, and 5 for the following weekend um, and leading into mid-May. So, Charlotte's already claimed, we are playing games 3, 4, and 5 at home. That's our home. Okay, odd flex, but you do you, as the kids like to say. Maybe that's just arena availability down there at the Concrete Biscuit. But anyway, why am I saying all this to you? I am saying this because I'm setting the the plate for what might happen. The next round is a best of five. And then once we get to the conference finals, then it's best of seven the entire way. Now, some of you might hear this and go, this sounds stupid. I hope it doesn't stay like this. Good news for all of you, it won't. This is a one-year experiment only, like the COVID bubble tournament. One-year thing. So, let's just let's take a look at what we got. Hershey versus Wilkes-Barre, a tail as old as something. A team that played each other 12 times during the season. Hershey getting the better of these, these matchups 8 out of the 12 times this season. Now, the thing is with the Wilkes-Barre baby pens. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. There we go. The thing is with Wilkes-Barre is that Wilkes-Barre is a very, very young team. And early on in the year, they stunk. Okay, they didn't stink earlier in the year, but they were being carried by high-end goaltending in Louis Dalming and also playing Wilkesbury, playing Wilkesbury, playing Lehigh Valley a lot of times. And when you play a bad team a lot of times, it tends to make your um, team look a little bit better than what they're supposed to be. So Wilkes-Barre got off to a bit of a hot start in a way, but then what ended up happening was Wilkes-Barre fell off because of collapse COVID, and the world circumstance. And during that time, Hershey played them a lot. This is known as December and January for all those keeping track at home. And during this time, Hershey just tuned up on Wilkes-Barre. There was an overtime win when the Bears came back from corona Chun. There was a 7-2 absolute blowout against Wilkes-Barre in December, which was a very fun game to be at. I should know. I was there. And just a straight-up flogging of this team throughout the the cold winter months as we hit December. Like, uh, yeah, 8-3, 8-3, uh, 4-1, 6-1, those were three games in December that were that were played. Two games in Wilkes-Barre in December. Both were winners for the Bears. A 4-1 Tuesday night game. And the return from Kovachan was a 3-2 overtime win. Um that their fir- actually their first meeting wasn't against Wilkes-Barre until then. But anyway, anyway, the Bears didn't get to see the pens again until February, and that's when the Bears were hitting a skid of their own. A three-one loss at home started the last two months of doom, and the Bears got a three-two loss at at Wilkes-Barre. We do not talk about that game, and a three-nothing loss at Wilkes-Barre, a rando Tuesday night game to make one of their last COVID makeup games. So there were gaps in action as. Hershey took on Wilkes-Barre. And actually, my bad, some January meetings. 3-0, 3-2, and 6-2 wins against Wilkes-Barre. Those at home and a loss in Wilkes-Barre on a Sunday afternoon. So, the first half of the season against this team was pure domination. And then as the Bears got struck with injuries... And call-ups themselves, the roles have been reversed. Now, Wilkesbury has gotten some help and some more solidifying of their lineup as we've gone on into the late winter and spring. Alex Nylander came over in a trade from from Chicago and was quickly inserted into the Wilkesbury lineup and seems to be paying dividends for them. Philippe has come along. Cam Lee's been actually a half-decent pickup. Putinin has been a full-blown pain in the butt against Hershey ever since the turn of the month from from February. Um, Zahorna seems to find the back of the net against this team. Kasper Bjorkwest. Just a lot of guys who just know how to strike against Hershey and Hershey just hasn't really had a lot of luck lately against them. It it is because of their inept offense and lack of scoring depth that have made goalies the past two months look like absolute all-stars and ones that shouldn't need be. Tommy Napier, I'm looking at you. Which is pretty much who the Bears have had to face against Wilkes-Barre the past couple weeks. Now, I'm sure you're saying, well... Rich, this doesn't sound real good for the Bears in a quick three-game set. The Bears don't have much time to really, well, they do or don't have much time to prep. Well, they've had two weeks off because we had a buffer week for teams to make up any makeup games. Wilkes-Barre had to play a few games. They lost all of them. Didn't matter in their playoff seating whatsoever. But they come into the playoffs... A bit limping into the playoffs. The Bears, well, we just dragged ourselves across the finish line. And thank God we got that. But the Bears were able to get some reinforcements themselves. As they got back Joe Snively, who has been sent down on a long-term rehab assignment, five games, to us. Which, in terms of offensive help, dear Lord, that's needed. Hopefully two weeks off can get some other guys back into the lineup as well. And maybe the college boys can find some scoring sense as well. So, also, at the time of this recording, Zach Fucali has been recalled by the Washington Capitals up to the organization for their playoff run, which will start by the time this podcast has dropped. Reason being is so the Capitals can have a third goaltender going into the postseason. No more e-bug. Oh, (laughs) emergency backup goalie. None of that in the playoffs. We're going to get a third goalie into our system, and Zach Fucali was given the red rose up to DC. Now, good for Fucali...
0: Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call
1: 1-800-BETS-OFF. If you're Samsonov, I'm looking over your shoulder. I hope you haven't bought a house in D.C. there, buddy boy. And VTech, well, time to pull up those goalie pads a little bit there, buddy boy. Do I think Fucali's going to come in and steal any of their time? No. I don't think that'll happen. But this is brought, Fucali's brought up in case something happens happens is the only reason he's gotten called up so go on good luck and that leaves in Hershey Phoenix Copley and Hunter Shepard and I'm very much ready to have Phoenix Copley ride into battle against this squad speaking of riding into battle I'll tell you what I think about this squad plus a few other stories from the fan base and we'll get to that right after this All right, hockey fans, the pursuit for Lloyd Stanley's Cup is on, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the National Hockey League, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. Damn right. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs? With DraftKings same-game parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and much more, and you're shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, and best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes in the description for details. And now, on with the show. So, we continue this series preview of the Hershey Bears versus the Wilkes-Barre-Scranton-Baby Penguins. And so, what are my thoughts on this series? What do I think about this squad and their chances against this team? Well, we'll get to that in a little bit. But first off this week, I kind of asked the fan base... What is their favorite playoff memory? As the Hershey Bears have made the playoffs 69 times in the team's history, <clears throat> I'm sure with a fan base that's been around as long as we have, there are a few stories to tell. So I went to mine the um, the fan base, and this is what I have gotten. Some of these are the same, are the same, but um, let's go with it. We'll start off with Doug Martin, who says, pretty much one of the more common answers I got and was expecting from the fan base, Eric Fair in overtime, Game 7 versus Portland. The most fun, though, was the Bears shutting out the Penguins in Wilkes-Barre, and he can still hear the chants of Freddie in that building. Yes, the legendary Game 7 against Portland, who had gotten a some nice NHLers, On their squad in a Game 7 that was delayed by like 3 or 4 days. They got a few guys on their squad that day called Ryan Getzlav and Dustin Penner. you might have heard of them. Sorry, little sip of Perrier here. Uh, Matt Heffelfinger, friend of the show. Um, He's got several suggestions, but I will go with this one. I was watching the highlights of some of years last night, and I found the game where Alex Giroux jumped up on the glass after the game winner in 2007 versus wilkes barry Ah, uh, yes, there is a a cut of the 200708 squad that went all the way to the finals and ended up losing that year, but the audio is, like, really distorted because it's, like, right here and right up against the audio. Sorry, sorry, but I had to describe, like, how bad it was. Uh, let's see here. Tanya Tanya Beeks, 2007 Carter Cup Finals against the Hamilton Bulldogs. Um, great getting to see Corey Perry play in goal. Um, they're a Habs fan. Yes, that squad. Yes, on that squad was a little goaltender by the name of Carey Price, and PK Subban was on that team as well. No wonder they were so good. But yeah, that, that Hamilton squad, that was pretty loaded. Uh, let's see, Jeffrey Crane says, 18-19 uh, first round, Bears winning all three in Allentown. Oh dear God, yeah, that series. Game one in overtime in Lehigh, Nathan Walker with the game winner. The game two back and forth tilt that I was at and was one of the best and worst games in Lehigh I've ever been to, and then game five squeaking out a win in overtime. Squeaking out a win at the PPL Center. A game in which Jacob Verana was benched. Yeah, go ask others for that. Craig Hamilton says, 12 straight wins with no losses nineteen ninety eight, the 1988 Calder Cup squad. Ah, yes. The 4-4-4 team. I'd like to call it the fo fo fo, as the kids would like to say. 12 straight w- wins. We will never, ever see a squad like that um, again. Um, Going old school, Jackie Fullerton, 1968-1969 team. Wow. Going back on this one, there was apartments across from the main entrance where the team was housed. Us babysitters waited until we heard the cheers from the people leaving the arena, and we would let loose with the toilet paper flying out the windows. Jackie. Jackie. Very, very cool. Great story. Well done. Thank you, Jackie, for that. That is awesome. Unbelievable! I love hearing stuff like that. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Wendy, Wendy Fennenstock, My favorite unforgettable memory was able to jump down on the ice at Hershey Park Arena for the Calder Cup win in '73-'74 and celebrate with players and fans. If I remember correctly, the attendance was 8,000-0-0-3 and people were standing four deep at the railing. Best memory ever, Wendy. Oh, if those walls could talk at the old barn of the of the um of the winds that was seen at that arena. Friend of the podcast and our resident old timer, Jim Mertz, 79-80. The Bears had a losing record and finished 25 points out of first. During the season, they fired the coach and made Doug Gibson a player coach. Doug led the team to 12 playoff wins and the Bears beat the top two teams in the playoffs. It was his first year out of high school. Jim, thank you for the memory. Love the vast knowledge in your head. Hope your back's healing. Get well soon, brother. And uh, let, let's see here. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, another one from Matt. Um, the 2006 game against Norfolk where Louis Robitaille made Sean Thornton and Mike Hablett lose their minds. Mm-mm-mm. And lastly... Friends of the podcast, the Calder Farm Stand, a podcast where they cover all of the AHL. I was watching the game with a friend when it went to overtime. He's talking about Eric Fair, thought who would score the goal? He said Eric Fair. He said, "Why I thought it'd be fair?" I I replied, "I don't think it's going to be Eric Fair." It is going to be Eric Fair. And then 30 seconds later, Eric Fair scored in game 7. Great suggestions from the fan base. Brett Faye says the 97 squad is his favorite, the one that beat the Hamilton Bulldogs. Um, Eric Messier was on that squad as well. Thank you, Bears fans, for all of the memories and for chipping in as well. My own personal favorite, I have two. That was the God Mode team winning game six at home for nothing against the Texas Stars. Lovely stuff. But my absolute favorite. And all of you who know, all you Bears fans that know, all I have to say is this. Travis Boyd, Game 7. It was Bears versus Pens. And this was a Pen squad that did have Jake Gensel, Brian Dumoulin, and Casey DeSmith. Pillars that would become future Penguins. And the game was even going into overtime. And... Travis Boyd did a fake around Dustin Joffrey. Went back around parallel with the goal. Threw it on net. Hit the corner and he scored! Travis Boyd, it's over! And what happened next was a blur. I jumped up and down. I genuinely lost feeling in my legs from relief. I hugged my friend Jesse, who's not a real emotional person, but he let me do that. It's like one of the couple times we've actually really hugged. Um, and just unbelievable scenes, massive celebration, great night, and a run that ended up us getting swept by the Cleveland Columbus Blue Jackets. Anyway, anyway, so enough of my hot dog and grandstanding. What is my opinion on this series? Who's going to win? Well, Bears fans. I think wilkes takes it in three. <gasps> okay, what? Do you want me to lie to you? Okay, okay. Could Hershey win this series? The addition of Joe Snively will be a welcome help with the squad. But once you get past the top six, the production drop-offs rapidly. wilkes might limp into the playoffs, but they know us, and we know them. And given what this most recent squad has done up in Wilkesbury and against this Wilkesbury team, I just don't know if it's there. I just don't. Now, could the Bears steal two games? Absolutely. Could Wilkesbury come in and kick us in the nuts twice and shove us aside on Mother's Day? Absolutely, that could happen too. However, I think Hershey has enough to get a game, whether it's Game 1 or Game 2. Um, I do not think this team... We'll get swept. We'll get one-two punched out. But I am a realist, if nothing else. Do I want to be wrong? Absolutely. But I think wilkes takes it in three. And as I've said so many times, prove me wrong, Hershey. Prove me, prove me wrong. Does this mean that I'm not going to enjoy this? Hell no. Hell no. So it's all upon us, everyone. This series... Bears versus Pens, as it was always destined to be. I hope you're all ready, everyone, because yes, I've complained about this team. Yes, I've whined, yelled, gotten frustrated over the lack of scoring depth. Yes, I've been very down on this team for the past month. But maybe it's just them being away for a week. Maybe it's them getting healthy. Maybe it's Joe Snively giving a little bit of that false hope. But I'm ready. I'm ready for this. Because I have a lot on my plate in this month. A lot's coming. And this Bears hockey is just one piece of the puzzle. So boys, give them hell. Go out there and give them hell. And everyone, I'll see you next week. Either for another series preview or a game over. Go Bears. We'll see you next time.